Gaurav, yesterday, um, I reached out to the internet for help. Oh, always uh, a good place to turn. <laughs> you know, we talked about it a bit. I've been playing a game called Valheim, which is a survival Viking game. You like, um, basically it's like a world builder. Like you build homes and shit, but you need to progress through the story to get better materials as you go. So you do have like, there's some action. You do have to fight bad guys and those bad guys like, you know, there's harder bad guys to get iron than there is to get copper because it's less valuable in your mm-hmm. home okay. building or whatever. And, um, it's also a survival game, which means that like, you don't just die and then get to restart and try again all powered up. If you die, you start back at the beginning. Mm-hmm. The one caveat is that you can go to your, where your dead corpse was and like pick up all your earned materials that you had on you when you died. So you do restart, but you can get some progress back. But you have to, oh, yeah. but likely if you died, it's in a difficult situation, right? <laughs> you don't just die out like with like the bunnies and rabbits and like, well, like it's, it's in a rough shape usually when you die. So I died in this place and, uh, and then I died about four more times trying to get my stuff back. Okay. And sometimes you'd like, just run there naked and like try to pick it up and run away real quick and see if that'll work. Cause you don't want to invest the time. And sometimes you take four hours to rebuild your progress and go there. And then you still die. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing okay. And then you fight one extra guy that you shouldn't or something. And you die again. And those are the times that you go, I need, I need the internet for help. I need to reach out <laughs> okay. to the internet. Yeah, for yeah, help. That's fair. <laughs> your hotline. <laughs> So I'm so appreciative of what happened yesterday that I'm talking about them here on this podcast. Almost like a shout out. Um, I reached out to the BRS, the Body Recovery Squad. So it's like this okay. Discord. It's a Discord um, chat where you go and you have to like open a ticket and then one of their operators reaches out to you, logs into your game with you, kills all the bad guys and helps you bring your stuff back. It's like... It's like uh, <laughs> calling in a pro, kind of. And gotcha. I did that. Last night, I did that. And what a great experience it was. <laughs> I want this guy on my team all the time, right? Well, this just reminds me of like that old... Remember I was telling you about that old docu-series or something that was on Netflix about gaming back in the day? Yes. And they were talking about like how the Nintendo magazine, you had the 1-800 hotline... And there was yeah. like people employed like in call centers across North America, specifically answering calls from kids like yourself about I'm stuck in this corner of this level and how the hell do I get out of here? Yeah, totally. Um, it's good to know that those guys have Reddit forums now. Well, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Every, you can find, man, so much. It's, it's good to know when you go on the internet looking for answers to something you actually need help for. You can get that, it. Sometimes. That you can get it. That it's not necessarily like you had to, that you had to fight through a bunch of misinformation to get that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's yeah. Good. It's good. Or wait till the new edition of the monthly magazine yeah. comes out. I think the difference with Nintendo, I think that that hotline was a billable service, right? They charge. Yeah, it's probably one of those like a dollar ninety nine a minute things or something. Yeah, 
this one, like, thank God for the internet. Like, this is like free service and they like don't even just tell you how to beat it. They come in and beat it for you, basically. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. uh no Viking left behind, I think, or something. So I was like, Oh, oh don't even worry about that. Don't even worry about that raft. Who cares about the wood? He's like, No man. He's like, That's the service. That's what we're doing here. <laughs> I was like, Yes. That's what we're doing here. <laughs> Cause I was like almost ready to give up, like, you know, hours of work. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Apparently I played seventy if you're wondering what I've been doing in between editing, can you confirm that? It's uh, playing 79 hours of fucking Valheim in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> but everything's good? Like, everything is okay in Valheim life? I'm good. I'm good All again. Right. Yeah. Right. We are restored, thankfully. Thanks for asking. Oh, goodness. Yeah. yeah. How about the real world? Like, how's your real life been in the last oh, 79 hours? Anything terrible. Like? Terrible. Yeah, why, I... why do you think I'm escaping so much? <laughs> <laughs> Dishes piling up, laundry not getting done. I get I... it. I get it. In the virtual world, I can actually make things happen and, and build the home. <laughs> yeah, and the laundry and the dishes just automatically get done. <laughs> that stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that just hard coded. <laughs> there is no dishes. <laughs> Imagine how shitty like, those games would become. Like, you had to like play Minecraft <laughs> or like Sims or anything like that, and all of a sudden you have to like stop to do dishes and like. Yeah. Like, warning, you have been wearing the same underpants for three days. And you're like, ah, oh, shit, gotta go home and change. There is 100% games like that. Like, I bet you there's dishwashing simulators and stuff. Yeah, right. And then the fact is, like, that it literally takes you as long to do it in the game as it would to just get up and go do them. Yeah, and there's more reward in real life. <laughs> At least you get clean dishes after. There's no reward for doing it in simulation. Well, you might get like some sort of experience points. <laughs> Dishwashing badge. Del- filthy dishes. <laughs> Go up the dishwashing rankings. I'll try that sometime. My wife will come home after a long, hard day of work, and she'll be like, why is all this stuff in the kitchen? I'm like, I did it. Virtually. <laughs> yeah, right. Put on your VR headset. Everything's clean. Okay. So I guess it's like, welcome to Can You Confirm That Time. Uh, I'm one of the co-hosts. My name is John Brown. I'm with my co-host, Gaurav Wander, right? That's it. That would be it. That's it. it. Good. That's the one. (laughs) One and only. That's right. There's definitely, I've never met another. I maybe <laughs> maybe not the exact yeah. same, but close enough. Yeah, there's lots of John Browns out there. Yeah, there you go. You know what? I'm 40 officially as of Friday, and so hey, congrats. Um, I guess don't we say that's halfway? Isn't that a halfway point? I think a halfway you could push to about 45 now. Sure, maybe. Yeah, but you know what? But if I mean, we're talking about halfway. Yeah, we're, like let's say roughly halfway, right? It's fair yeah. to assume that if a glass has two halves, <laughs> the best half is the first bit, right? <laughs> mm. uh, who knows? Depends, who on, knows? depends on what you're drinking. Depends on what you're drinking. Sometimes the good stuff always settles at the bottom. Yeah. Well, sometimes sometimes it's a bunch of coffee grinds at the bottom. And sometimes it's like it's my all of your Long Island life. iced tea, right? Like, <laughs> That's my outlook. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, geez. You know when you drink a Slurpee uh, and it, <laughs> it melts and you drink up all the syrup and then you're just stuck with a bunch of ice you're crunching and working at for a while? Yep. yep. Let's see. That's, that's funny. 
Well, okay. So I guess we have we have different outlooks on how things can work. But it's also in what you order, right? <laughs> it's also in what you order. Sure, sure. That's why it's like if somebody was like, it's your last drink, man. What are you going to have? You know. Wow. Hmm. Are you going iced coffee? Why would you go iced coffee? You want all that shitty ass water and ice at the end? No. You go no. Long Island iced tea. Why? Because by the time you get to the end, you're fucked. You know, I, I know I'm sound like gonna sound like an old man, but I like the Rob Roy. Okay, that's fine. You know what a Rob Roy is? Yeah, yeah. Like a Manhattan, those, but it's made of Scotch, right? Yeah. Those are all fine. Like I I was uh the probably the before there was social media. And anything was like worth being prom- like, you know what I mean? Like people didn't. Pro- I was quietly amongst everyone I met, uh, the largest Tom Collins influencer that probably existed. Oh. You know what I mean? Like to me, it was just like how I might have had one at the moose with you. I feel like, of course, if you were around me at any time between 1998 through 2000 and fucking six, <laughs> chances Tom are you did. Collins, uh, there you go. Eh? Yeah, right. Because there's there's things out there. That's you know, all all drinks are great. Classic Collins glass. It's interesting. Yeah. Hey, you got citrus in there, right? It's there's some something a little healthier. It's it's the perfect drink because it's like uh, if you give it to a guy who thinks it's going to be a girl's drink, he's always be like, "Whoa, this has got a kick to it." And if you give it to any female who's like, "Oh, I want something like um, not like disgusting that a man yeah. would drink," right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, "Oh my god, this is." Got gin? Punched, right? Is that what yep. it is? It's gin. Yeah. It. yeah, yeah. Are you a top shelf gin guy, or are you? Do you have like a preference? Does it need to be uh, Bombay Sapphire or whatever? Depends on how the investments are doing, right? No. Um. Uh, it depends on what I'm drinking, what the use case is, right? Okay. I I've I've had. I guess Bombay Sapphire is fine. Tangeray will be fine too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gordon's mm-hmm. is great. Like that's. It, not a gardens. Yeah. Gins isn't gin depends on what you're doing with it, right? Like if you're just throwing it in a gin and tonic, um, you may want to get something that kind of bites the tonic a little bit, but you may not. I don't know. The botanical, right? Like that's the fucked up part about gin to me is that it's like huh. somebody wants to make it really aromatic, they can. And if somebody right. wants to make it really just twigs, they can. Um yeah, it's like it can be like run. I used to say like Bombay Sapphire was like running through a forest with your mouth wide open, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, they get everything in there, just catching everything, the whole, all the grass. Yeah, officially, what we're saying is we would love for Tangeray to sponsor us. Then, <laughs> sure, hey, sure, Let's go with it. I've heard Snoop Dogg rap the word Tangeray before, so it's got to be cool. Oh my goodness, what did he rhyme that with? What do you rhyme that with, hey? But I've heard, <laughs> I've heard, I don't know. I'm not Snoop Dogg. I just I just can remember. Have you heard any Snoop Dogg on TikTok? I know that. Can you confirm that now has a huge TikTok presence? That you <laughs> have made the one video and we went viral almost. Is that true? I've made three videos. Oh my goodness! Holy shit. Um, I've made three videos, but our biggest isn't even. Can you confirm that related? Sadly, I I don't think that's how it works there. <laughs> the first place. No. No, I mean, I'm not even shitting you. I think the idea is um, you can literally make mm-hmm. the video about anything, let it get big, and then have people associate it to what it actually is. Yeah, I, I like think that. what the, yeah, I think the, the clarification needs to be is from TikTok, mm-hmm. right? Which is a little bit different because there's there's a lot of um, 
who have done their thing of dancing and whatever the heck TikTok did. Or like a remix or something. Um, and, and there's got, and there's been people who've done it like Jack Harlow, who was like a SNL guest last season or two. Right. Yeah. He, he kind of started that way. He was making his beats and putting them on TikTok because it was the easiest way for him to get noticed mm-hmm. um, by music companies versus like just throwing something on Spotify or Apple and hoping, right. Cause if you could get, you know, even YouTube for these kids wasn't really working anymore because it could take a while for someone to like latch on to like, hey, you know, generally sometimes you got like a YouTube video that's been kicking around for six months before somebody really starts pushing it around. Um, but some of these guys figured out, hey, if I make a beat, this is how I can do it. And there's what that's worked out to is being entire playlists of like viral hits or songs from TikTok on like Apple and Spotify of artists that would never have been found by Spotify or Apple in the first place, which in turn means not found by record companies. So, you know, the question is like, what are record companies doing right now? Back in the day, they had A&Rs who were hitting every little nightclub mm-hmm. there was. But when there's no nightclub yeah. to go to because of a pandemic, and more importantly, most of the music that's being made now can be made kind of like on a laptop in a garage or a basement. That guy's, that, half these kids aren't playing clubs. So where do you find it? And these these guys have taken it into their own hands. Now, what I've found, mm. or what was my fault, the other side of this, or the flip of this, is when TikTok decides that they found something on Spotify or Apple or YouTube and then makes it big. So it's a two-way street. And this is one of the few places, I think, on the internet where this shit kind of happens, where it's like, um, like a Jack Harlow can be like, here's my beat, puts it on TikTok, becomes big, and then gets signed and goes to the Spotify's and Apple's of the world. Mm. Or the vice versa of where you got a guy like Tesher this week who has no real TikTok presence outside of like yeah. what you kind of do with our channel, which is to like just make videos, right? Like he was, you never really thought his music could take off on TikTok, so he never bothered until some other guy randomly finds a YouTube video of his from like a year ago and makes it. And then he goes viral. And then, and now that two way streets going the other way. Right. Like, so this is so fascinating to me. And that's, that's such a weird one too, because uh, it's so out of context, but using his sound, like his soundtrack, I always think of St. John in that same category. Do you know that St. John Uh, song? Exactly. I know which one uh, you're talking about. Exactly. Uh, um, uh, it was the original is like a slowed down version of that song, and it was like so, remaxed. Yeah, exactly, roses, roses, yeah, by, roses, uh, yeah. yeah. The Imen, Imen, Imenbeck, Imenbeck was the remix. I think. Yeah, that's the yeah, remix that, that blew, blew up. up because it uh, had like a, sort of like a physical presence in TikTok, which I've seen a lot. Like I've watched videos of creators trying to make viral TikTok videos, and like they'll do this and they'll like list off like. Uh, what does a what does a song need to be popular on TikTok? Well, it needs some sort of a, like a dancing step element, and it needs like something that you can meme and like things like that, so you can like take a little section and meme it, and then get your views, right? And then it starts pushing so that. The only problem that they everybody kind of fails to address in that whole thing, though, is you can you can check off every box, but if you're checking off boxes, it's not authentic and it won't work, right? Because yeah, it doesn't work that great. That, yeah. that attempt was made by one of the biggest guys in the industry when when Drake shows up on the scene on TikTok all of a sudden with an official account. And he's like, here, because 
there's nothing more made for TikTok than a Drake showing up and saying, here's a beat and I'm going to tell you what to do. Ready? Left foot slide. Mm-hmm. Right? Like right foot up. Right foot slide. Left foot up. Right? And it's like, nah. and that, and oh, that's how you time. do the two C slide. Right? Like it was just like, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and TikTok was like, oh no. No, 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 no. Right. And like, so that immediately <laughs> was like, okay, you tried and that failed, but the song's doing well everywhere else. But that's where it's like, no, man, because what TikTok's going to do is TikTok's going to go find hotline bling and make something from that for you. Right. Like yeah. you can't just show up and be yeah. like, here. so it's, um, cause even the guys who try to like use it for their music, don't try to, they don't go that far. Right. They hope someone else can hopefully do something with it. But that's always fun. I mean, it's it's a different kind of fame, but it it's I'm I'm glad that it's at least going two different ways versus being this one. Hmm. Like Instagram's a very different fame world too, and I it's kind of the worst because it's like um, there's a reason like some celebrities have like virtually no following on Instagram and hundreds upon millions on Twitter or vice versa. Where on like Twitter they've got like twenty thousand people, but like on Instagram a hundred million, and it's just because those there's no cross. Like somehow those yeah. those social media networks aren't letting you play outside of their box, uh, and I think that's maybe as much as we've all wanted to hate on and knock TikTok, that company and the shit that happens on that app finds a way into the news. In different ways, every time. If it's not like a bunch of kids taking on Trump and his rallies, right? Uh, and then it becomes like just musical stuff. And then it becomes... Because of the way Facebook, Twitter, and all those things work, it wasn't as easy to get news from Israel and Palestine over the last little while. As easy as it was to... you know, Two apps kind of came to the forefront. One was TikTok. And then the second one was actually people kind of remembering that, oh my goodness, you know, if you go into Snapchat, you can change the map to the stories. And that's how people were getting stories out of there. Um, and it was oh, like this, un, un, as sad as it is to say, that moment in history was like a yeah. boon for Snapchat. Because yeah. no one uses them. Uh, people right? don't think about them like, for that stuff, right? Because, yeah. And people were, exactly, right? And then it was, it was easy to work. We'll, we'll never have a Snapchat. I don't think unless you want to start it. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, it's, tell me more about Tesher actually. Yeah. Uh, cause, um, that video that's gone viral is about like spilling milk all over yourself. Right. I and mean, that's not, he doesn't get it either. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get it. Like lyrically, it kind of works with like the remix and stuff. It all, it makes sense, but it makes no sense. Okay. Like the milk part is a little much, um, <laughs> but it's also just the idea that someone somewhere was like this is this 15 seconds i'm gonna use and i'm gonna do this yeah now who deserve and this is the other part about the two-way street right there's no there's no battle over credit here it's not like tesher's like how dare they he's like good i'm glad they did like at least people know who the fuck i am yeah um and that guy who made the very first video he he just lives in TikTok infamy of like being the first one listed when people hit the sound yeah. of the other sixty five thousand videos that have now been created of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like what a weird world. I looked um, a little into it. But Tesher himself is cool. I mean prairie born boy, like 
interesting story. Um, I looked a little we'll into what, like, what you get from becoming viral on TikTok, right? So, no, like some of these like millions and millions of views, it almost like feeds itself a little bit because they have that yep, for yep. you page. So a video view counts as soon as the video starts. You don't even have to like get a certain amount of time into it. So even if you're just flipping through and trying to get to one you like and that pops up in your feed, I guess the more it's viewed through that, it's almost like self-serving itself onto the main page. So those can be inflated. Apparently, there is a creator fund now that does pay people for like two cents for a thousand views or something like that. Apparently, um, yes, I, I would imagine you have to go through the process of um, blue check marking yourself, mm-hmm. and I bet you there's some loophole where it's like if you're using like one of the songs from our TikTok music library, then you don't get paid on it. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. Right, and it's like if it's your original audio venture, because there's a lot of that too, right? It's not just the the music and whatever. There is a lot of, I guess, there is a lot of the lip sync stuff too. Yeah, um, yeah. But I I know some of my favorite stuff, and I think some of the stuff that you probably enjoy too, is because if you like reaction videos on YouTube, you probably enjoy duets. On TikTok, right? It's kind of the same vibe of somebody's like put out their video and then you've got someone either reacting to that video or or acting with it and those kinds of things, right? So um right now my to me those ones are fun, right? Yeah, my feed is mostly impersonators and guitar players right now. <laughs> hey, it's getting there, bud. It's cleaning up. It's we, we were talking about how we were talking about how it wasn't what you wanted, and now it's 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 almost there. I don't know I'll, for sure that I want all these guitar players, but at least it's a video I feel like, oh, I can watch that. I'll watch that one. I'll watch that one. I don't know if I need so to see them all, you can, but I'll like, if you watch don't, them. You know, if There's one that just makes you like hate it, though. Yeah. It makes you go, I don't... There is the... You can you hit the little circle on the bottom of the TikTok. Mm. Uh, instead of sharing or saving video, you hit the not interested. Okay, yeah, I can do that. Cool. And that'll that'll help that algorithm up. Cool. I might have to... I forget how often like we got to tell these guys what we don't want. Like Instagram is someone I have to consistently be like, I am not interested in this. Yeah, not interested. Like Instagram does not understand like when people like something satirically or ironically, would you hit like on something? Mm-hmm. Right? Because mm-hmm. you sometimes do that out of irony. You're like, oh, that's that's uh-huh. I like that, but <laughs> not for the reasons Instagram thinks I like. Right. I don't want to see more of it, but I like this one. Yeah, I like this one. This one made me chuckle because uh-huh. of how much I don't like what's actually, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, that's funny. Yeah, no, I, um, I feel like, but I mean, that's got to move out of TikTok, right? Yeah. right? Like you get your clout there more so than anything. So we can break this down as this, right? Will Smith joins TikTok. He does okay, mm-hmm. but only because he embraces TikTok and it's individual, like the way it works. Mm-hmm. Gal Gadot joins, all these other celebs join. The ones who use it the way it's meant are doing okay. The ones who don't really just kind of see no engagement and they kind of fall off. And because they don't see it, they also don't engage and don't use it. So it just becomes this like barren wasteland of like Kevin Hart like hasn't uploaded anything in a while mm-hmm. kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, Jack Black has the other or, a lot. Or I think it's best when like celebs just decide the the network they want to be on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like 
like a Jennifer Aniston, for example, is not going to join TikTok because I bet you it's not in her to be like, I'm going to spend an hour doing things for a 10 second upload. <laughs> yeah. Right. For sure. Even if it, right. Like I don't care. Right. Like, but joining Instagram for her was a pretty big deal and was, um, I guess one of those things where people, I always think, I also think it's weird that like we're at a point where it's now like, which celebrity isn't on social media and which network will they join? Right. Like, um, did, did Jennifer Aniston get paid by Insta is my question. Like how much to be like, did her team put out like, listen, she's joining social media. She doesn't really have a presence anywhere. Open bid. And did Jon Stewart do the same fucking thing? And is Twitter just showing up like Jon Stewart, you belong on Twitter. This is your home and here's 10 million fucking dollars to prove it. Um, I, I'm not going to say it's not happening because I think I just said it is. Yeah. Um, but I bet like it, it's not improbable, right? Like it, this little influx of like the ones who've always stood on the sidelines for the longest time are now kind of showing up where they're sh- like Jennifer Aniston belongs on Instagram. Nobody wants to see her tweet. People want to see her. Right. Yeah. Right. Wanna, yeah. And John Stewart, nobody wants to see pictures of you and your kids right now, John, we just want to see your words on like, your thoughts on whatever's trending for him. It makes sense. Yeah. Like I would think they're all going her PR, like Jennifer Aniston's PR team is posting those posts for her. Like she's not doing it herself. No, but I mean, it's cultivated in the sense that I bet you it came down to like Snapchat, Instagram and TikTok were bidding for like the Aniston portfolio. Yeah, Maybe. Yeah. The the portfolio, right? Like um, keep you on the app longer. If you're looking at pictures and videos, because weird things are happening in that little celeb word. Like you got McConaughey now, possibly going to be governor of texas and like not just shitting about about it you know what i mean like taking it seriously and purposely picking the network like mcconaughey's big presence where did he show up youtube he didn't go to the twitter he didn't go to this he decided like he's and when i say the big presence i mean like where do they spend their most time right so mcconaughey might have a freaking insta and he might post on it like once a day or two or once a week but where does he spend most of his time behind the scenes, spending the most work? Probably putting together his little 90-minute weekly YouTube videos he's doing, right? Um, so that's where his presence is. He's building that. And this guy's going to take a YouTube channel and turn it into becoming governor of Texas, quite possibly. You know, I said that I'm full of uh, impersonators on my feed. Uh, yeah. I, thought, I can't remember if I shared it. I know I shared it with you, but I don't know if it made the episode the Macho Man impersonators. Uh, I, I, I feel like I should maybe check it out. Yeah, I can't remember if I made the made the episode or not because I'd love to share it this time. I don't know. Is. Yeah, well, let's find that. Oh let's yeah, the, oh yeah, joke. Oh, yeah. My <laughs> my my issue with Macho Man impersonators is that it's <laughs> it's it's overdone. It's easy to there's do, a lot of them, but it's often done wrong. Yeah. Get it? Like it's it's like one of the it's like. Everybody can do a Christopher Walken, but very few can do it correct, right? Yes. Like Kevin Pollack does it correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's only a handful who can do it perfect, uh, but everybody can do it. So Macho Man's the same thing where it's like, me and you right now, we can both go, oh, yeah. And it sounds Macho Man-ish, yeah. but is it? No, because somebody somewhere will be like, nah, you, you, know, you didn't enunciate the H properly. You didn't drag the A. But... Um, I saw Tom Hiddleston do a I'm glad um do a walk-in and it made me realize where the where the mistakes are. Like Hiddleston's walk-in's really mm-hmm. bad because it's just like now 
hi, ah, and it's just the the crack in the voice. And then you got to do the like, you know, you got to do the quiet, uh, sneaky walk in too. Punch. Yeah. Yes, the quiet punch. Um, it's not. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not cowbell. It's cowbell, right? Like, <laughs> like I guess if you're doing like a walk in like class, an acting class, it's like okay. We're going to go over cowbell today. And everybody's just sitting there with cowbell. No, no again. Cowbell. No, no. Lower with the C. Cowbell. We're getting there, Timmy. We're getting there. I I like to think it's like, you can do that part too. It's like, I need more of that cowbell. You got to like, got to have like that quick long part after. Yeah. But it was just, it's, it's. When you really listen to that, like I have that DVD, honestly, like the best of Christopher Walken on SNL. Yeah, I've, so the I've seen this one. thing a hundred billion times. Yeah. And the beauty of that one is that he, and you almost don't sometimes hear him say Cal, because it's like, I need more cowbell, right? And the, and the cow comes in, but it's just, you know, it's being, it's just so fucking good. I don't know. One of the dumbest skits ever, but will live for life. Uh, my favorite uh, Walken, I think, is John Bailey. Epic voice guy. I think we've talked about him before. Mm-hmm. He's great. He does- Christopher Walken, I believe, was a known WWE fan as well. And if 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 he's not paying attention right now, I hope he is because A and E uh, over the last couple of weeks, yeah, I've just gone on a run. I don't know what's happened here. I think uh, there, there's a couple of different things, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this entire thing by saying I was once a very big like wrestling fan yeah me too younger um, younger me sure yeah younger you for sure we were all but i think i pushed it a little bit further into like i didn't really drop it until like maybe midway through college and uni okay yeah Yeah. because i just started at that point getting busy but there was still a point in time when i was in college and uni where like um even friends of mine who who um wanted to go to shows could talk me into it i know katoya did for sure he there's oftentimes where i was like i don't think i'm still supposed to be coming to these events but i'm going (laughs) right because i just i i loved the the atmosphere the 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 environment was always wicked um you can get back into it now that you have boys right i could and to be like i'm not gonna lie to you john here's where this all began okay it was about four or five weeks ago and i got a couple of messages through the phone and they're like oh my hey have you been did you see this thing on a and e and i'm like oh i don't know and i tuned to a and e and it was an a and e biography and i was like oh i love a and e biographies i always used to watch these i remember those um, were hot yeah yeah all right i used to enjoy them and i was like oh this would be interesting but it was it just it was for a wrestler it was stone cold steve austin i'm like huh cool. that's interesting i was like you know what he's he's an icon yeah. he's he's obviously agree you know, people know who he is who don't know what, like, who've maybe never even watched wrestling, yeah. right? Like, they have an idea, right? Um, so I was like, I'll watch this. And it was well done. It was just that A&E production of, let's go through it. Warts and all. Yeah. Right? He has an interesting uh, story, which, right? Yeah, right? And, and most wrestlers do, right? Mm-hmm. Most of them do. And what kind of got me was, I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting. They They've got... You know, when I say warts and all, I'm like they're they're not shying away from things, right? Like, if this was a let's do a 90 minute biography on the WWE Network, perhaps he doesn't get into like his divorce, right? Perhaps they gloss over certain things. Um, my other 
surprising takeaway from it was, man, they're quite open. They're quite open about the stuff they shouldn't have been doing yeah. in the nineties. Sure. Um, Vince himself, you know what I mean? Like the, the people involved, I'm like, okay, they've, they've got everybody who needs to be involved talking. Yeah. Right. Like it's okay. Let's see. And then as the story goes, commercial break comes and they tell me that next week it's going to be Sean Michaels. Cool. I'm like the heartbreak kid. <laughs> I'm just no, a sexy boy. Yeah. Right. I was like, come on. Yeah. Um, I remember there's guys in our high school who would like play that on their phone as they walked into class. Did you watch all eight episodes? Uh, Cause the lineup is awesome for that. Eh? So far, I believe I have the, I don't think I, I've skipped a couple. I, I just watched the Mick Foley one this morning. Yeah. And, and like, it's to me, this is the fun here is I'm getting to dip my toe in, in getting nostalgia and getting the information I need yeah. without going into the arena of what the hell's happening there right now. Right. Um, and, and here's where, where I had to disconnect myself from it because I'm the cynic of everything, right? I'll watch a commercial and then break down a commercial and be like, how the hell did they let this air? Do they not realize what's happened? So I'm watching this and I'm like, Oh my God, these fuckers are going to find a way to get me back in mm-hmm. <laughs> through this. You know what I mean? Um, it's mostly- cause I skip. Yeah, I'm skipping over. Like I'm on the sports channels all the time where you guys air, but I skip over your shit and watch other stuff. Yeah. But somehow you found me where I play on A and E. You found me in my playground <laughs> on A and E. Oh my goodness! So it's like you, they're they're almost kicking, drag, pulling me, pulling me, kicking and dragging. And I've gone through them all. Um, and there's been fascinating ones like the Macho Man one was amazing. Yeah. Roddy Piper like. I was like, I was so happy to know that he was just as much of a dick as I hoped he was. <laughs> right. But like a good one, right? Like sure. a, a kind hearted dick, because that's kind of of the eight. He's the one I'm most associated with. Okay. Yeah. I'm just like, I get it. I get it. And like his story's not great. Right. And he's good old canadian boy right like he he spent time on the streets as a homeless dude in calgary and toronto and everywhere um his story was just crazy to me mm. so it's been fun to watch what's kind of sad to see though is how many of them are kind of dead yes yeah how many of them had other kinds of like i got to the end of the macho man savage one which ends with him dying in a car crash by the way that's how it ends Yes, but like his story, his life story is that, oh, he eventually died in a car crash, right? Um, and, but it was one of the good ones. It was like one of the ones where I'm like, well, you know what? At least he found peace after wrestling. Like it was just a car crash. It wasn't like he OD'd in a hotel room or he, you know what I mean? Like died in the ring kind of thing or like yeah, fell from the ceiling, so, like Owen Hart. Jeez, right? Like it was one of those things where you're like, okay, um, at least he got that moment. Sure. Okay. And, and so now, I'm not going to lie. Like, I watched the Stone Cold. I'm like, hey, good. He's alive. Shawn Michaels, hey, good. It's nice to see him alive, though. The the years and the time in the ring clearly took the toll. Yeah. Same with Mick Foley, alive. But then sure. Macho Man, not there. Ultimate right? Warrior. Um, Ultimate Warrior story was kind of crazy to me. I mean, like, if if you're into them, they're, they're great. I would say um, they're some of the more... Like they're, I would, they're not a full-on reunion show, 
But it is nice to have people in the room talking about these guys uh, that you would probably assume wouldn't be. Mm. Like if they if they weren't given the all clear by the guys up above uh, at the WWE, which is to say there's there is some sort of I guess it's an it's the third shift or third wave, right? Like there there was a certain time. Uh, I remember talking to someone about this, and I was just like, you know what's, you know what really did in wrestling the worst was not the heights they got to with like the Stone Cold and the Rock and everything, but it was also that was the point in time in history when wrestling kind of had to be like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm. We've always written the pre, like we've always pre-written this. This is all dramatic theater. And what that really meant was that there was dudes at like the New York Times and the New York Post who had been writing for the paper for like 30 years for fucking professional wrestling. Hmm. We got called into their editor's office and their editor's like, you're fucking telling me, Billy, you didn't once think that this shit was fake. (laughs) It's fake, but man, is it ever real too, right? Like, oh yeah, but that's the truth. Like um, some of them, like Mick Foley's, Mick Foley's bio is really good at it. He's like, when people watch it and they're like, man, like, how did he like do that? Like, how did he fake that? That looks like it really hurt. He's like, yeah, it did did." like that. He's like, my, that was my trick. My trick was I could absorb more pain than the average wrestler could. So I could do things the average wrestler couldn't. Right. Like, it's just like, okay, all right, cool. Like it's acceptable. And Hey man, it, I've seen hockey players get their heads snapped back in a bad body check. Football players get knocked out and stretchered out too. It's all kind of the same theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea of it all being it kind of has to be prescripted, man. Cause it, it, otherwise it becomes MMA and it becomes boxing and it wouldn't work. It just becomes like, who who's going to go watch like a, a 90 minute Greco Roman fucking on the mat wrestling match between two guys with NCAA rules. Yeah. Right. Like no, nobody's, we like it every four years at the Olympics, but I don't know if I'm going to go down to like Madison square garden to see, you know, there was a that. MMA guy, uh, horse, is it horse something? Um, uh, possible horse. Is, I don't want to say Gracie. Oh, Gracie. Gracie? Yeah, yeah, Gracie? yeah. Yeah. Who was like yeah. that? Like, uh, he was a lot of whole as a jujitsu, maybe he was all about holds yep. and stuff. And those were, I feel like MMA as it's changed, um, has gotten away from that type of fighter. Cause it's not that excited, not as exciting to watch. There's a lot more kickboxing and stuff now, isn't there? Right. They've kind of, there is, but I mean, those, those guys exist, but what, what MMA has had to do is be like, okay, well, you got five rounds of five minutes or you got three rounds of four minutes or five minutes. Like, mm-hmm. You can hold them all fucking day if you want, but you only got like 20 minutes of match here to prove something, right? Like you might want to try to hit them at least once or twice. Not like 45 um, minutes worth of it or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Those days are kind of gone. Yeah. But that's that's what professional wrestling also was back in like 1950, hmm. right? Like in the black and white era, if you were gone to like Joe Louis Arena in Detroit and were watching a wrestling match, that main event went for 45 minutes an hour. Yeah. And it was usually because it's... They were doing real stuff, but it was also like lying around on the mat a lot but uh yeah that's what would you call these like did all these guys kind of almost overlap like they're almost all sort of in the ring at the same time is that like sort of like the silver age of uh professional wrestling you think i'm gonna say it's a gold it was probably the golden age because at that point you had like 
multiple promotions. Yeah. Like Ted Turner over at like TNT was like dropping hundreds of millions of dollars to compete with Vince Mm -hmm. and which in, in any industry, be it Microsoft, Apple, um, Facebook, you want competition to bring out the best in you. And so therefore I would say like right now, why is the WWE just the WWE? Cause who's really out there to like, yeah, backyard. Who's nipping at their heels, really, right? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I would say the WWE has now reached the the heights of professional wrestling, the same heights as Amazon Prime. Well, yeah, that or like as as NFL <laughs> is to football, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, or as the NHL. No, nobody else is really sitting there going, "We've we're going to viably take on the NFL, and we're going to put thirty teams out there, and our Super Bowl is going to be the next big Super Bowl, even bigger." Like nobody's, right. they're all like, "You know, it would be really <laughs> nice if we could be like your <laughs> junior league." You yeah, know what I mean? like, yeah. So, like most people who are starting a wrestling promotion probably started with the idea of like, "Hey, is there any way we can like train guys for you? Like, like an like an agency, maybe?" Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's about it. They try. Actually, the NFL's had the most competition, right? Because they have the CFL and they've had like those. Is it, is it XFL? Is that what XFL's been there? So they've had the Uh, most, right? There was, they've had a couple. Yeah, but I would also say it's a like, no one tries to take on MLB. Well, nobody's trying to take on any of those guys at the same time, Mm. right? Which would be the thing. This is where Vince maybe succeeded. It was like, not only was he going up against someone who was trying to do exactly what he was doing, but they were also doing it at the exact same time slot as him yeah. as like Monday at nine. Right. Yeah. So it'd be one thing to be like hockey night in Canada. Well, now you're up against, you know, the WHA's hockey night in Quebec every Saturday. Yeah. And all of a sudden the country's divided between, are we watching this league or th-? like, that's not even, no, that's out the window now. Um, which is, Hey, that's how it all works, man. That's the the only thing is it's like it makes the reunion shows on the WWE way more fun because some of these guys like at the Hall of Fame time and all these things because they all got stories and they always come together yeah. and they're always entertaining. It's always an entertaining time whenever you see these guys all come together in a room and sharing stories about the past. Unlike <laughs> a certain group of people who came together in a room. For what was billed the first time in 17 years, other than that one time, which they should have just put in brackets, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so for those who haven't viewed, John, <laughs> I, I'm going to walk you through the disaster that was the Friends reunion. Okay. So this week, uh, on Can You Confirm That? We're not ruining a classic because we don't need to. Has it already? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A question for you from the, someone who hasn't watched the Friends reunion. Show. Debatable. Is it even classical? Is it a show like Friends was, or is it an interview with the cast? Like, how does that work? Did do you happen to watch the Fresh Prince reunion? Uh, no, I also did not watch okay. that one. But I had um, seen Saved by the Bell get back together on Jimmy Fallon a couple times. Yeah, they could arguably all be about the same. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, so this is what I'll say. I saw the trailer for the Fresh Prince one, and I remember being like, okay, yeah, maybe I'll get to that. Sure. I understand what they're doing here. They just brought everybody back onto the set. They'll talk about the show, probably show some clips. Okay, fine. Because um, I don't necessarily need to watch 
like an episode of the Fresh Prince. Like if you're going to do the reunion special, I get it. Like unless you're doing the reboot of like eight episodes, what's the point? Don't do a one off. So I think we all kind of knew what we were getting ourselves into with like when Friends reunion was announced that one hour, they're just going to get together. They're not, they're not doing anything. Right. We knew that. But even to like not deliver on those expectations is pretty fucking like mind numbing to me. Right. And we've speculated on this show. Like I know you've said, is it Joey that's going to have like a, like a black kid or like a black gay kid or something to try to make up for, uh, you know, some of the yeah. uh, less inclusion that the show is known for these days. And so did any of that happen? Did that, was that talked about at all? How it hasn't aged very well? So I guess my take on, on how that worked is, um, it was nice to see that the tastes of those who had produced the show originally mm-hmm. hadn't evolved at oh, all. Okay. <laughs> since this cast grab from Warner Media came along. Like they stuck they, they stayed true to their roots. Okay. Um honestly, this was something I hadn't even thought about. I've watched this damn thing twice because once I watched it just for the sake of watching it, and then once I was like, I want to talk to John about this because I don't think I could I have just witnessed what I had witnessed. And so now that I'm <laughs> even a little bit more disconnected from it, yeah, I don't even think they brought up Aisha Tyler and her character at all. Right. Nor did they have even anything from her to say on it. They did touch on how global the show was, right? 190 countries, translated 14 different languages, all that stuff. Um, but I don't think once they ever touched on the fact that, like, the jokes don't land now because most of it's homophobic. Right. A lot of it is misogynistic. And there are, like, I wouldn't say there's no racial like racist undertones, but the, but I think the abject almost like, it's like, there's no part of New York where it's that white. Yeah. Yeah, Six people living in the most, in the biggest melting pot in the world. And they never run into anyone. Fine. They can find each other. That's cool. Right. They all found each other at central perk, which is probably the whitest little coffee shop in that neighborhood anyway. So it's, it makes sense. They found themselves there. The question is when they step out of the goddamn coffee shop and they go, you know, into the elevator of their building, is there never just a black guy or when they're in the hallway or on the streets? And now let's think about how many times we've seen them at work. There's gotta be at least one Hispanic person. Maybe in Monica's kitchen. Yeah, man. Yeah. Right. Like maybe, but even if you go back, it's like, that's a pretty white staff you've got for a restaurant in New York, Monica Geller. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you kind of look back and it's like, man, Chandler just works with nothing but like white men. Okay, cool. Uh, like Ross. Okay. You're the, you're the museum guy and a professor. I, and honestly, I don't think it was until Ross became a professor at NYU or Columbia or whatever university it was that we, that was when we first started the PC colored people. Cause that's where he sees Aisha Tyler's character. And then one of his bosses is actually an African American gentleman who's like a tenured professor that Ross is trying to become like, okay. so it's like of all the places in the world, that's, that's where you guys picked in New York. Okay, cool. <laughs> sure. Nice of you to finally come on board. Yeah. But like, even by then Seinfeld had done like five episodes, just central around Babu bot. Right. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> at the same time as this show has been airing at like 8.30 on Thursdays, it's followed immediately by a guy who's in t- did an entire 30-minute episode on like trying to get the Pakistani restaurant off the ground. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just different takes at different times. It's That's why I say even now, Seinfeld ages well. I, I have no problem watching it still. Like, there's the even the jokes that are what I would call offensive sure. now. I would say, yeah, they were meant to be offensive then. Like Babu's a little bit like, uh, um, a little like yeah, Babu, but that's right? the whole tongue in cheek, yeah. right? But like, yeah, that was the You're whole a very bad like, man, Jerry. But that it's like I was almost like satire of like, well, I mean, what's the other option? We want to make him a cab driver, right? Like it's yeah. I, Right, like they, they they did make him industrious and entrepreneurial and all that stuff. Um, and the funniest thing about Babu Bot was that he was always smarter than Jerry. <laughs> as as much as Jerry always thought he knew better for him, it was always Babu who knew more. So it was like it was pretty clever that way. Versus the Friends reunion, which was like, okay, so I'm not shitting you. When it opens, it opens with a title card of Friends. Ran from 1998 to 2004. So it's just more stroking their egos than anything. Right. right. And it's like one of the largest shows in the world or something like that. And then it's like, um, in the 17 years that have passed, the six original cast members have never been in a room together. And then it's like, other than one time. Right. <laughs> so it's like, which could have been fucking two years ago, which doesn't really make this special at all tonight, does it? No, right? No. Like, it, you got to tell me that when it was 17 years ago, it was like, maybe just tell me, hey, it was, it's been 14 years since they've been in a room together. That makes me kind of go, hey, all right. But for all I know, it could have been like three years ago. So this isn't special to me. And then they get into just what seems like six people who are... So... Every single one of their agents and PR people was sent the exact same note from Warner Brothers and HBO Max. The exact same note went as this. For years, people have watched your show and have looked at you as not just friends on screen, but off screen as well. Yeah, okay. Please do your best to act as if that is true. There's a reason why they haven't gotten together in 17 years. Fuck yeah, man. And it's not that it's awkward. Like this is, this is one of those things. It's like, you know, when you've had a long job somewhere, like you've worked somewhere for like 10, 12 years and you had your little crew and you loved that crew and you worked with them all the time and you went out to lunch and you got pints after work and shit. And then like once the job is over, like you don't maybe see all of them. You may have gone out like once or twice with a couple of people here and there, but you never get them all together. Right. Right. Because the only time it worked to have them all together was when you had that common interest of where you work. And I'm that to me, it's like, yeah, they may have been the best of friends for that ten fucking years, but it's also because they were kind of forced around each other, They're acting, and you can yeah. clearly tell that like the women have stayed within the women, and it's really like Jen Aniston and Courtney Cox are besties, and oh, it Lisa feels like Kudrow that, gets eh? it. yeah. Oh, well, I think everybody's known that, but it's like those two get have always probably hung out all the time, okay. and Lisa Kudrow with them when she can. Right. It's one of those you get the you get the sense that it's like Lisa and Jen have or sorry, uh, Jen and Courtney have never stopped inviting Lisa to places. But over the years, maybe Lisa has been less and less available to make it and more and more busy doing other things. Right. And with the guys, you get the same sense. You get the sense that they, they see each other from time to time. But like 
Matt LeBlanc is just too busy being like a dad and like settle down. He this guy went from being Joey to like Uncle Joey. <laughs> Right? Like he just full of dad jokes and like, oh, you remember that time? Okay. Oh, I did this prank on you. That was me. Right? It was like, oh, Uncle Joey. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, you ain't, you ain't Tribbiani anymore. Right? <laughs> hey, boo. Uh, exactly. And then you get the idea that like Matthew Perry was like always the one that everybody liked and wanted to hang out with more. Oh, okay. But he constantly was like pissing in his own Cheerios and like, giving it to them for breakfast. Figuratively right? and literally. <laughs> yeah. And then they were just like, man, we, we want to love this guy, but it's just easier to wait for him to reach out to us kind of thing. Right? It's also but here we are. Stoned. And for the next hour and a half, we're going to pretend like, you know, they, they come out with the obligatory, Oh, we haven't seen each other and it's forever, but like, feels like we've all just fallen right back into our old ways. <laughs> right. Like, that's like, great. No, I want more. It was fine. It was just felt so forced, so overproduced. Lady Gaga singing Smelly Cat. And like, my only thing was, I'm so happy that even in that moment, Lisa Kudrow decided I'm going to play the role of Phoebe here because I think that's what the audience wants. Because what the audience wants to hear right now is, yeah, this was stupid. Right? Right. Because and, and Lisa Kudrow kind of like does her a little Phoebe of like, I still think it would have been better if it was just me. And I think everybody was kind of like, yeah, yeah. Cause you guys brought out a gospel choir and fucking lady Gaga <laughs> and none of that made sense. Yeah. Right. Like, Oh yeah. yeah so, okay. So it was like the friend, it was like the friends variety hour reunion show and not yeah, the friends. Yeah, reunion. Yeah. It's not like you don't feel like you're in the show. Like, they're not like, oh, the naked guy across the street's still naked or anything like that. Or were they like... Yeah, I I, I think... Well, there are so many moments that would kind of give you little glimmers into these people. Yeah. Which I thought, okay, they, these are moments that are interesting to me. Um, also because it's like, again, I'm looking at this from a cynic's point of view. Sure. Right? As you should. So there's, a, there's, a point, there's a point of view, or, or there's a point in time when James uh, Corden is... Who's the moderator? Is asking the question <laughs> of like, I guess of the panel, Hosted, if you will, host? of host. Uh, sure, if that's what you want to call what he did, um, <laughs> and he just puts to the panel the question of like, uh, how often do you, you know, hear from each other or talk to each other or something, right? And everybody kind of gives the whole, you know, oh, obviously, you know, we don't talk every day, but like. We still talk often, all the time, because we love each other, blah, 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 blah. So everybody gives that kind of answer, and then kind of gets to Matthew and Perry, and Perry just, like, I don't fucking hear from anyone. <laughs> and it plays for laughs in the crowd. Just a half second too long is that laugh where it goes, oh, oh, yeah, he doesn't hear from anyone. That does make me want to watch like, it a little. <laughs> right? Like, that that little half second additional laugh, ha, ha. <laughs> that drop at the end is when I go exactly like, oh, that's a laugh of someone who just got called out because she's probably thinking, I don't remember the last time I reached out to Matt, right? And everybody else is there just sitting there laughing, and I'm like, oh, this was good. Like, this was a moment. And then one of the other ones was like, they're talking about certain scenes. They're back on the set. So either if they're not on the couch in front of James Corden, they're all on the set of their actual living room or reminiscing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're there, and... um. And David Schwimmer's like, oh, hey, 
yeah, I think that was that episode or something. Yeah, yeah. And then Chandler's like, yeah. Or Matthew Perry's like, yeah, I think that was actually, that was a pretty good one, right? And uh, Lisa's like, uh, Lisa Critter's like, oh, yeah? Huh, I guess I should watch these or something, right? <laughs> and then like Schwimmer, I think without missing a beat, just kind of looks at her. He's like, yeah, apparently it was kind of good. Like, had a yeah. following, right? Because like, she's probably still never yeah, watched yeah, them, right? Yeah. Like, it's... That's funny. And, and somebody said that they had just started or i think it was matt leblanc's like yeah you know what i'm actually i'm watching them like now because like my kids are teens and like so they've started them um he's like yeah some of them were pretty good like it's just like i guess when you've been disconnected from it that long and maybe if you've never even watched them um that's the thing but all all told i mean yeah watch it if you want for those awkward moments like that how do you feel uh, how do you feel about matthew perry like i heard that he had to defend his himself after because people thought he was still like on drugs or something and yeah man leave the man he felt okay to you like like, yeah sure he got new teeth but that's okay they were white they were white as fuck (laughs) so uh, all i'll say about this is (laughs) they're new is if they no, no, but yeah, that's exactly I'm, all I'm going to say is if someone was worried after the initial clip and were like, oh my goodness, PR crisis, and someone at Matthew Perry's camp came up with the excuse of he had dental yeah. work, bless the guys and the special effects department at HBO Max who within 24 hours turned around and made those teeth fucking sparkly white in every goddamn shot. Because other than that, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what would have had to have happened <laughs> for that to not be true, right? So I'm going to go with the, yeah, his, his teeth work got done because nobody was spending, you know, the midnight shift at the HBO Max office being like frame by frame. Isn't there a Friends yeah, episode white nose teeth, white where nose Rost teeth. like does his teeth super white? Isn't yes, there like, and right. he's like glowing in a black light or something yeah. like that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Matthew, Matthew Perry looked okay. fine. He also looked like he's the only one of the five or six who was like, I'm going to take my money and I'm going to spend it on like fine liquors and fine red meats and not on dietitians and personal okay, trainers. Okay. Right. So he's enjoying his spoils, which he's allowed to, because he tried to do a couple of movies. He didn't really become a no. movie actor. He's probably looked at himself one day and was like, I don't need to be Jenna Aniston. I've got a hundred million bucks. And it's going to keep coming in forever. I'm good. Right. Like bring out the, porterhouse and like the the 20 year single malt like but it shows on him now sure. like it shows on him now whereas some sniffy dust okay well i'll have some sniffy dust yeah i mean matt leblanc shows like he's he's definitely been been watching shows and just eating bags yeah. of chips he's like, aged well though right he's, like he's silver fox isn't he yeah he's fine. of the three swimmers okay. looking the best yeah swimmers looking just hands down like oh dude if you kind of wanted to like be a movie actor you could Maybe he's actually there. just in something. Wasn't he just recently? He's got a television yeah. show called Intelligence because everybody's in yeah. something. Right? Like everybody's in something. I think we that that would be the hardest episode for us to ever record. Who's not acting right now? Of the friends you know I mean? cast? Like, no, just in oh. general. Because anytime some you can just throw out names, I'll be like, yeah, that person's in this or that person's in this. You, you know what I mean? Like as long as you IMDB hmm. it. Someone's always somewhere, right? Um, we live in the world of when you watch a trailer and you're like, oh, cool. Like, I just watched one with fucking Joshua Jackson. <laughs> Guess who's back to work, yeah. right? It's, it looks good, too. 
Joshua Jackson with Christian Slater. What? Okay. Uh, and Alec Baldwin. Sure. Find me three people who kind of seem important, but don't at the same time. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and it all comes together. It, it's a really cool trailer for something that's obviously got to be on Peacock because where else would it fucking yeah. exist? Yeah. 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 I saw, um, <laughs> Billy Baldwin right. on something just re- on something today. And I was like, okay. damn, who is that? It took me a second to figure out which Baldwin right. it was. Um, where is okay. that streaming? Fucking Paramount Prime, Plus Plus. Prime. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched I'm starting to watch <laughs> The Purge. Okay. All right. Actually, but, I hate. <laughs> so I mean, with all of these shows available to us, all this new stuff, all these people in it, do we need the reunions? Mm, good question. Did we need that? Do we do we I don't think we needed the Friends reunion, but I'll tell you what. If Hollywood is so enamored with the idea, let's just go for it then. If it costs you $25 million to get these guys to do this the one time, you should have just busted it open, man, and done $250 million to be like, we're going to do five episodes. Yeah. And done it. And just done it. Because what's the harm? Right, like I, I think this reunion show almost did a little bit more harm to Friends than if Friends had just come back and done like a six episode reboot that was horrible. Yeah, as well. okay. Because because even if it was a six episode reboot that was horrible, guess what? I got six new episodes. Sure. Whereas I got nothing out of this. The only thing I got out of this hour and a half variety show. Oh, you're telling me like Ross and Rachel almost hooked up in real life too? That's it. That was the only bombshell yeah. shit. And apparently, Schwimmer and Aniston were canoodling all over the set all the time. Um, but timing is timing. Chemistry is chemistry. And I guess they never sure. made it work. So everybody leaves the reunion at the end, hoping that Ross and Rachel get together in real she life. Had, like, what the she fuck? She had all her mean, boyfriends like, on that show. <laughs> yeah. Most um, there are shows that have done things like that, too, I think. Didn't the Gilmore Girls just release like an updated yes. season, so, we and we, and we saw them like take on their characters, not like an interview about how proud they are of their show. Exactly. Yeah. Which you can also mm-hmm. do. So I'm okay with a hybrid here model of like you want to bring this show back. I'll tell you why the Gilmore Girls. I think Gilmore Girls actually that little one off mm-hmm. season did particularly well for Netflix. Yep. Mainly because Gilmore Girls has this built-in audience. Where other shows have dropped the ball, um, you know, there was Will and Grace, which came back, and I think actually got maybe two yeah. seasons, or maybe even three out of its reboot, actually. Um, but shortened ones, right? Like eight, 12 episode sure. seasons. That's the world sure. we live in now. Um, and then Roseanne, we all know what happened with Roseanne's reboot, which is now the Connors, which is still kicking. Mm-hmm. So, like, John Goodman might get like, he might become Fraser Crane in that. He might get 20 years out of playing Dan Connor. Yeah. Right? Like, it, I don't know if they're going to get anything. rid of the Connors anytime. Maybe they have. Somebody can confirm. Maybe they've already announced that this is their last year. But there are some shows that would have done really well with yeah. a reboot that would have benefited with maybe like a 30 minute, hey guys, do you remember what the show was sure, even about? Sure. Like, Goodman's the star, anyways, right? Like, you don't yeah. need Roseanne. Um, no, and I don't think generally most people need a refresher on what Roseanne no, was no. either. 
right? Like generally you, you're okay there. Will and Grace could have actually used it. I don't, cause I think the problem with Will and Grace's reboot is that they were, they, they didn't have the lead in for the, the younger people, especially in the LGBTQ community to be able to say, Oh, that's why this show was groundbreaking. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because when it comes back as a reboot, it's just bored and tired actually, because modern family kind of did, you know, a gay couple very well. Right, like Mitch and Cameron, just kind of the new gold standard of like, hey, you can portray this so perfectly. We're seeing a more right? realistic um, uh, version of yeah, that. right. It's not all it's not all just flamboyance and Bird stereotypes. Um, yeah, exactly. Right, where where Will and Grace, they couldn't change the tone of their show to match where they were now. They had to kind of lean into what Jack mm-hmm. was like. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think. I think not having a 30 minute, like this is why this show was like this and why it ran for like 10 years the first time and why we're doing it would have helped with a newer audience. Murphy Brown would have fucking benefited from that so much. Like I love Candace Bergen. I love everything about Murphy Brown. I thought it was one of the most genius shows ever I had seen as a, like I was a child, like I was 10, 11, 12 when mm. I was watching it. And I, I used to love it just because Eldon, I think, was that Oliver Platt? I'm not even sure. Maybe it was. Um, but like her housekeeper guy who, who never left, right. For not even the housekeeper. Sorry. He was the, he was the, the contractor who was brought in in season one to like paint the house. And like seven years later, he's still there, like doing other work around the house because Murphy Brown was a single mom who was working hard, blah, blah, blah. And like the story, like it was all just so well done. Uh, and then they brought the show back just to be political. And I was like, this, this is where you guys are dropping the ball. When it first aired, you guys got six, seven seasons out of it and or or more because of you you handled things topically, not politically. Yeah. And now you're coming back to just try to be like, look at us and how much smarter we are than anybody who votes for Trump. And it just failed immediately. And I was like, this isn't the right show. This is, you guys have done a disservice now to to murphy brown right like i can't be able to i can't tell people hey you should go back and watch murphy brown like when it's on prime or something it's such a good show and they'll be like what the one that just no because if their most recent like if their experience of it is that oh it's fucking tainted for life right like so you, it's dangerous game they play when they reboot shows that were wonderful yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what i've i've also seen like um, cast reunions in forms of like table yeah. reads. Like we saw, I think, was it community did a table, did a table read just recently? Friends yeah. does it. The friends reunion. So they intersperse the table read that they're doing with the scenes from oh, the okay. show that match, right? So like as they're reading the scene, the next line might catch with like the scene from the show and then after five, six seconds of the scene from the show, it comes back to the table. Oh, read. So they do that. But it, again, it's, um, it could, it felt like one of those things where it's like, they did the whole thing. They clearly did the entire episode around this table, or maybe they just did two or three scenes, but cut for time. Here you go. This is how we're going to make it look. Oh, nice, I right? see. Like, Interesting. There was a lot of stuff that you could just tell. Had they really wanted to do this properly, honestly, John, they could have. They could have just been like, you know what? We're going to do a three-part mm-hmm. reunion special just yeah, like this. People Where episode two is just the table yeah. read. Right? Episode two could just be the table read. Episode three could just be James Gordon and all of his questions. And episode one is just you guys reminiscing on the set. We'll make each one 50 like minutes yeah. done. 
that's good. done, right? And all of a sudden you've I'd actually for sure more, right? Then you've given it a different angle, different thing. Plus, you can step into it the way you want. If somebody is like, I just like watching table reads. They watch episode mm-hmm. two. If somebody's like, uh, I don't care about the reminiscing. I want to hear the hot, new, juicy gossip. They go right to the James Corden episode, right? Like. There is a way to have done this properly and they didn't because it was more or less like we, we paid these guys for three days of their time. What are we going to get out of the three days? The one day was them on set reminiscing. Day two was probably them filming, um, the table read as well as they also did the quiz game, the, the game that they do in the friends episode for the apartment. Oh, um, where it's like, what does Chandler Bing do for a job? Well, those questions are, mm-hmm. so they, they played that game with like, in this episode, well, right? So they, they had content. What they does it. Chandler Bing do for a job? <laughs> oh, you're going to have to watch the reunion special <laughs> okay. to find out. Special guest Tom Selleck comes by to answer oh. that beautiful question. Um, yeah. So, so they had, what I'm saying is like in the can, someone filmed all this stuff and you paid them there to do, to do these three days of activities. Could have made three separate episodes. Um, wasn't one of Monica's ex-boyfriends, John Favreau, he, it, was that Monica that he dated where he wanted, and then he like dumped her to like be a UFC fighter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. John Favreau. Imagine having yeah. Favreau. He was like a, <laughs> he was like a tech billionaire yeah. or something. And then he gave like, not gave it up, but he like, he was pursuing his dream of becoming like an yeah, MMA yeah, fighter. Yeah. yeah. Interesting storyline. Good. I mean, like they had a pretty deep roster of like guest celebrities, sure. right? Like that came on. Um, and I mean, it's one thing to have been like, oh, you, you, I mean, like George Clooney and Noah Wiley showed up early in the show as doctors because they were obviously the ER doctors and eh, crossover crap, whatever, right? And then you have episodes where like they did the Super Bowl stuff where like, you know, Julia Roberts is playing Julia Roberts or or some other kind of character, or Bruce Willis is whatever. But I think the ones that kind of worked the most were when they got they got some some actual actors to stick around. Like, you know, Reese Witherspoon now had is your cast is Jenna Aniston's, Aniston's sister, so whenever we might need like Rachel's sister to show up, we might call upon you, right? Mm. And Paul Rudd, like essentially, dude, you're the guy we're gonna you're marrying Phoebe, so you're sticking around for at least eight to ten episodes. He was not in the reunion, it. or was he? No, they showed a little clip. They showed a clip of him recording with the camcorder at the finale night of when they were recording the first finale, but he wasn't part of this. Um, okay. Probably busy filming Quantumania, man. He's too big for it. Honestly, it, 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 there was some level of... Uh, I, I don't think... Other than Reese Witherspoon, who was part of the panel, BTS spoke, um, but like... Does BTS threaten anybody on the cast of Friends? Not really. They don't do the same thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there was almost this thing of like, they didn't have a Brad Pitt. They didn't have a Paul Rudd show up. I don't think they really had anybody who kind of like out has gone on to outshine Friends. Right. Whereas Reese's, Reese and Jen Aniston are just actually good friends, which is to say why they were on the Apple show together. Which she was kind of the biggest star outside of Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, to me, like, Friends kind of, like, re- rejuvenated Paul Rudd from being the clueless guy. And now yeah. look at look at who yeah. he is, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because at that time, he was, like, just starting to kick around in the Apatow movies again. That would have been right around Knocked Up. Um, and, like, 
you know, that was, I guess, Rudd's real moment where people were like, okay, start casting him in things because he's just yeah, good. He's a leading man. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he wasn't in that movie, but everybody wanted to see more of him, right? Mm-hmm. That was, mm-hmm. I think that's usually the key on that. So it was, it's great. I mean, reboots are reboots. I'm, all this is to just a long way to get around to saying, like, I am deathly, deathly fucking afraid of what's going to happen with Frasier over on Parabelt Plus. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because they're bringing like, him back, so, right? Like, legitimately yeah. bringing him back? Exactly. So, so right away, I guess I swallow the pill of, I just told myself, no matter what, I would still rather see episodes of this than Frasier sitting down to talk with, like, David Hyde Pierce <laughs> and, like, the surviving cast members of Frasier about their time. Sure. With special cameo by Ted Danson to talk a little bit of cheers on this. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um... I'm okay with this. Now, could it have gone in, like, what I've heard is, like, none of the cast is coming back. Other than, uh... Other than Kelsey Grammer. Okay. Hmm. Like, Jane Leaves has said she can't. Um, Roz, like, Perry Gilpin may. David Hyde Pierce has kind of, like, indicated that I don't think he, he sees a fit or something like that. Oh, interesting. Um, so the question is, what are you really doing with that? And if I'm, if you really want to, like, allay my fears, because I'm fucking scared you're going to ruin, like, one of the best sitcoms ever by doing this, let's bring it full circle. Give Ted Danson, like, 10 million bucks. Let's send Frazier back to fucking Boston. Yeah, yeah. Let's make it, like, three men and a baby, but it's, like, Sam Malone and Frazier Crane are raising, like, uh, Freddie, Freddie's kid. Uh, so Frazier's son's kid or something, right? Like something happened to Freddie Crane and all of a sudden Grandpa Frazier has to like raise the kid. And now you've got, yeah, Woody, bring in Woody Harrelson. And then it's three men and a baby set in Boston with the Frazier, like, that might do it for me. Sure, with him leading the way. Like Ted Danson would do, is into TV, right? So, you could maybe get yeah. him. Harrelson might be the hardest one to get. Harrelson, I'm sure he's doing stuff. He just finished up True Detective and stuff. He's always looking for like work. Like you said, everybody's doing something. Everybody's doing stuff. Uh, oh, he's in The Man from Toronto. Oh, is he? He should be out soon. Yeah, yeah. So that's the... Who else is in that? That's Kevin Hart and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I think. Or no, it's... No, it's just Woody Harrelson, Kevin Hart... Uh, Kaylee Kuko. That's why I remember that movie. But yeah, the man from Toronto is supposed to be a good one. Hmm. Um, so we're gonna see him. He'll be around. Apparently, he's also shooting a series called The White House Plumbers. So he is. He's still doing television. And I'm telling you, man, if he's willing to shoot something called The White House Plumbers, there's no fucking way he's not about to do three men. He's in Venom too. Oh yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. Paying, he's busy. He's Cassidy. Yeah, he did do Joe Biden for a little while. Yeah, Woody Harrelson's doing great. Good on Woody. He did Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's in uh, before Carrie. Before uh, before Jimmy Carrey did it. Yeah, they did like Zombieland too as well that I saw. Yeah. So all I'm saying is that that would help with the Frasier reboot. Sure. Um, I don't know what other ones are coming down the pipe. I'm a little worried about any of them. Um. Somebody did recently message me and was like, oh, my God, at the pace they're going, somebody's going to, like, offer Jerry $500 million to really do it. And I was like, well, no. And I was like, well, one, he won't. Like, no amount of money. Like, the guy's already got, like, he's worth a bill. Yeah. 
his Porsche collection alone has like appreciated every year for like the last 20 years. Like he's good. Um, but, but then I went back like, well, why wouldn't you just go watch like curb your enthusiasm? And that person had never seen it. Um, the entire show, let alone the entire Seinfeld season. Right. Because I think now we can talk reunion shows. We can talk reboots all you want. But it's never going to be done better than the way Curb Your Enthusiasm handled it. Mm. By making the entire season about the show, like the reunion. And actually get... That entire season is genius in the way of like, yes, they address the fact that everybody hated the way that their show ended. Okay. And that they hated the way it ended, which meant we can have an opportunity to redo it. Yeah. But they were never going to redo it. So if you're going to redo Seinfeld and you're going to have a Seinfeld reunion and you're not actually going to do a Seinfeld reunion... Well, where do you do it? You do it as season seven, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Which, that's what makes me go, okay, it's always better to give me episodes than a 90-minute clip show. I don't want a 90-minute clip show of Seinfeld. We've had those. We've had them anyway. Yeah, and I don't really necessarily want to see the reboot either because i don't want you to taint it so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna sit back and say to myself this has already happened and i will watch it through curb on season seven because that entire season is just there are scenes of jerry and larry sitting in their office writing episode like the new episode or the reunion show Mm -hmm. And it's just that's the moment you that and but the but the shit that happens in that moment and in that scene of them writing George's plot for the the, the episode. Yeah. That's what you want. Always want to see from a reunion show. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like you wanna go behind you wanna go behind like the scene of when like when Larry fires Jason Alexander from the reunion show. Mm-hmm. And looks at Jerry and it says, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's nothing, right? It's yeah, just yeah. like, I'll do it, whatever. And like Jerry's face just drops like, you idiot. You talked me into doing a reunion show to save like the disaster of the finale we did. And now you just fired the guy who's like the only actor on the show. And then in that moment, like Julie Louis Dreyfus's character is kind of like, I'm out of here. And all. It's just the yeah. best. And yeah. So if we can get that, that'd be great. But I don't know who <laughs> yeah, else has it's, got it's the... Self, it's like fourth wall, self-aware, oh, but good, it's still yeah. scripted. Yeah, it, that makes a lot of sense. Did Jerry... Um, does Jerry have writing credits for Curb at all? Just, I think, on that season, for a couple of the episodes Just of that, on that season. season. Yeah. yeah. But generally, no. Um, not at no. all. Um, but even... You may have had some writing credit, but story credit would have gone to Larry David for that entire season still. I don't think Jerry came up with that. I think it was one of those things where Larry David came to Jerry and was like, 
Yeah, agreed. This to yeah. is how we're going to do the reunion show, mm-hmm. so that nobody ever asks us to do a reunion show again. And preemptive strike, man! Like, can't be done now. It can't be. Yeah, I'd rather see like them, and we sort of know that they're there, but they're still acting and stuff. Like, it is yeah. good. It's it's a brilliant idea, right? There, I mean, there are some that I want to see, and I think I would be okay with it being. In, I don't want to say ruined, but. Um, some of them take like kid, like hands. You like, I don't know. You need to have like someone who's really passionate about it. Um, in order to be like trusting of it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like, okay. I so what you're saying. Yeah. My concern is, okay. So there's one that I know is coming. Frasier is Frasier. Sure. But the other one I think we've talked about on this pod, and it's the other reboot that I'm hoping does very well, but I have, I don't know, because I have to take the the person's word for it here, right? Um, are you familiar with Melissa Rauch? The, she was Bernadette on The Big Bang Theory, right? Oh, okay. So okay. Bernadette signed an overall deal with, I believe it was NBC, Um Essentially, like, pitch us your ideas, we'll see what we can go with, right? And her pitch was, growing up, this was my show, I love this show, I want to redo this show, this is my show, this is my show, this is my show. And so that kind of passion makes me feel very good about it. Like, she had the option to do anything, and she was like, this is the one. The only thing I have concern is like, yeah, but passion doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be good with it, right? So... Will the Night Court reboot, where Bernadette is playing, you know, Judge Harry Stone's daughter, mm. and I was waiting for that. John Larroquette happens to just still be playing Dan Fielding. <laughs> like that's where I think it. I was worried at first, right? I was like, okay, I don't know. Okay, so she's going to be the daughter of Harold T. Stone. Probably Sarah's a lot of the same personality, same kind of style. Okay, interesting. Oh, so she's going to take over the same exact court? Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, she just happened to work her way up the judicial system to be appointed there? Okay, fine. We'll give you that. Um, oh, and Dan Fielding just happens to still be the fucking prosecutor in that courtroom like 40 years down the road. Okay. <laughs> Let's see where this goes, right? Um I don't know, right? That's this is the worry. But while we're down this road and you guys are rebooting everything in the world, can I get perfect strangers? That's the only thing, right? Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we're doing everything, it's time. I need some more Balky in my life, right? If if 2021 isn't the time for the dance of joy to come back, then I don't want, know when yeah. is, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good theme song. Right. Check out our like second or third episode. You want to hear more about that? Bring back the theme. Redo it with like Kid Cudi and Drake, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then like have the show. You could change it a little bit. Like, I, I still like the. I mean, they were in San Francisco, weren't they? They were or Chicago. They were in Chicago. So let's let's leave them in fucking Chicago. Um. Okay, how the... Oh, yeah, because Balky tracked him down. I was about to ruin Perfect Strangers. I was like... (laughs) No fucking boat, like, lands. But now I remembered in the opening credits, 
He goes past the Statue of Liberty, and then he gets on a bus that takes him to Chicago. So it's not like he just <laughs> he does go from there. Okay. Um, yeah, we have Google Maps now, so we all can find out where right. Meepost is or whatever. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Maybe they should do the reboot in Meepost. Yeah. <laughs> Some it, guy that looks like me shows up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Dude, we just rebooted Perfect Strangers. We're sending you to the Greek island of Meepost. Where it's like you show up and it's like the reverse big fat Greek wedding. Um, yeah. <laughs> you oh my big fat white husband Does anyone have any sunscreen here? <laughs> no, what are you talking about? <laughs> Cousin Larry. <laughs> oh no. Oh yes. All right. <laughs> So, Jeez. Perfect Strangers, the reboot is in our hands. Let's reach out to, who was the guy that used to produce all that shit? It was like Jeff Van something. Um, oh, there was one guy, right? Yeah, I remember that. He's the same dude who did like Full House Family Matters and like Perfect Strangers, everything. Jeff Van Patten or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll reach out. It? I'll reach him out. I'll reach out. I'll let him know. <laughs> okay. We've got the idea. I go, I know, I know that lots of people have come to you before and said it's time to reboot Perfect Strangers. And I know that for 20 years you've said, no, there's no way we can reboot it. Not the way that the guys did Cobra Kai. (sighs) Sorry, sir, you haven't heard my idea. Mm -hmm. Or I said my friend John Brown. What is this, octopus? (laughs) Like, (laughs) fish out of water. (laughs) Fish out of water story. They just keep making jokes about how one day you will tan, and but you never do. You never yeah. do. I never tan. <laughs> the salt isn't good. The salt air isn't good for my complexion. <laughs> so good. Oh, I man. would watch that. I would watch that. Three's yeah. Company. Would you? Three's Company. I think we talked about this, did we? Or maybe, no, I don't maybe know. this was my own dream where I was like, you know who needs to be in the fucking Three's Company reboot is his fucking son. Oh, yeah, okay. Right? I like yeah, him. Sure. He's a good little sure. actor. Uh, Jason? Jason Ritter, right? He calls them both mom. Oh, yeah, Jason enough. Ritter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You get Jason Ritter. He gets like, I don't know, a couple of hot roommates. For a twist, we make him gay. I don't know. And then Mr. Roper is just like, yeah, like, like two gay guys and a straight girl. Yeah, right? Something different there. And Mr. Yeah. Roper is like the Hispanic janitor or something in the building. The super, the superintendent. And then, uh, yeah, we got something. Mr. Ramirez. Mr. Ramirez. Um, oh, you remember it better than I do. No, no, I'm just saying Mr. Roper would have become Mr. Ramirez oh, um, okay. in the reboot. And, uh Yeah. Charles in charge? Put somebody else in charge for a change? Who's um, the boss? <laughs> Who already, is the boss? It's already a little leaping, right? Like that's pretty pretty bold. Like um Angela is definitely the first like um boss babe or whatever they they what's that t shirt? Boss babe. Boss girl? Yeah, boss bitch, whatever. All those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The entire Angela's boss line? The first one, right? She's the first she one. The first they should one. they should give her more credit for empowering women, like Oh, uh, on, on the note of boss babes and boss girls and stuff, uh, update for you. I have a confirmation for you on the on the profession of said 
ex Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, she was an architect. Sally Field was an architect in Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, okay. There we go. Miranda. Yeah. Yes, architect. Okay. <laughs> did someone reach out to you, or did you go watch it? Or no, what? no. Reach out. Reach out. I'm not watching Mrs. Oh. Doubtfire. You've tarnished it for me. <laughs> I would love to hear. I haven't heard from anyone if I've actually ruined it for them or not. Oh, it's it's there, buddy. It's it's happening. Yeah. It's good. a pretty good argument. You've ruined it for me. That's all that matters. That's good. That's Speaking good. of things that might get ruined by reboots and revivals that we love, um, you know, Frasier, we got Night Court. We're not far from Dexter. We saw the teaser, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. That 36-second little teaser of the town did not instill me with hope. It did not make me feel like, oh, we're off to a good start with this show. For Dexter? Yeah. The hello, Mr. Lindsay. And, oh, and him stopping and seen, like looking at the knife in the stop shop window. Mm-mm. I've only seen the one that shows the guy in Saran wrap struggling in the window no, still in no. so the Oh, I didn't yeah, know there was another one. There's one of him it's just him walking down the street and it's like some children who look like maybe Perhaps he's a high school teacher is something I'm getting out of this, that 30 second clip. Cause people, oh. people seem to know who he is in the community, right? Like, good morning, Mr. Lindsay. And he's like, hello. And then like, as he's walking, he like stops at like a knife store, like looks in the window of the knife store and has his like eye on like a very specific knife that mm. to be honest, doesn't look like the kind of knife that Dexter should be getting. Right. But the question is, who's Mr. Lindsay? Who's this person he's killed and taken over? Because Dexter Morgan is different. Um, is he still haunted by James Remar? <laughs> Maybe. I guess he would be, right? Like, why would that stop? Because mm. when I look at the IMDb, he, Harry Morgan isn't in the 2021. Well, okay, so here's my but little... Maybe he will be. Here, here's my nod or my my question as to uh oh right um when we're done here go watch that uh I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think I have it wrong when I'm hearing the kids say uh good afternoon Mr Lindsay or good morning Mr Lindsay and not Morgan and the only reason I bring this up is the Dexter series of novels were written by Jeff Lindsay oh okay so. Okay. Is this just, you know, a nice little wink and a nudge, uh, Easter egg, if you will. Um, Darkly dreaming Dexter? Yeah, all of, I think there was like eight of them in total by the time he was done. Um, he did end up picking up some of the series after the show, too. Okay. Which is why mm-hmm. I wish he had started that before the show had finished, because as we have talked about before, maybe with the right source material, the tail end of Dexter would have been better. Um, yeah. But yeah, so take a look at that. Let's see. Hopefully that one doesn't crash and burn like the Friends one did. Is there any and anything you can think of that could that should be rebooted? Like I would like to see a Three's Company. I think I would like to see a Perfect Strangers. Um, I'm not a huge certain ones fan. Um, but to uh, me, it's it's like the reboot. I'm the reboots I want to see are not necessarily. Um, because of like the show or whatever, it's the concept. I just love mm-hmm. what what Perfect Strangers was, right? I don't need a home improvement uh, mm-hmm. reboot because uh-huh. 
Yeah, because there's not. I don't think there's a unique take on the idea of like here's a guy who's got a, a a family and he has a tool show, right? Like there's just not enough interesting there. Whereas like yeah. the idea of the fish out of water that is Perfect Strangers is really cool to me. Or even the dynamic that can come from like Three's Company is kind of still interesting to me. Um, yeah. Did you ever watch Fuller House? I didn't watch one of those. Not one of those episodes. I, I remember there was like a couple that played in the background. But I never, I didn't hit play at the time. But I remember here, I could hear what the show was about. And I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. it's regressed. Like it's not even, mm-hmm. it didn't yeah. go further. It kind of went backwards. Sure. Yeah, I think maybe that can be one of the worries. John Stamos uh, has a lot of swing and misses. And I think one of the things that we should have all have kind of seen was when he was so gung-ho about wanting to reboot it that there was a problem here. You know what I mean? Yeah. That should have been the first fucking red flag. He should almost be dragged into it. Like, no, I'm John Stamos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It should have been like Dave Coulier should have been leading the charge. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that would have been believable, but. Yeah, it would have been. The fact the that fact Stamos, cool, he's yeah. too cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I just finished watching The Mighty Ducks. Uh, and, and very predictable. Um, hmm, what okay. would be good? Maybe The Sopranos would be cool to see a new story. Like, what are Willow and what's his fucking face doing? Yeah, or you know, like, um, I think. Okay, so for one, we have the prequel movie coming, I believe. I don't know actually if it's a movie or a series. If it's a series, even better. But it's the something of New Jersey. I don't know. When it starts really being ready to come out, I'll let you know. But it's actually got Gandolfini's son playing oh, okay. young Tony Soprano. Um, oh, cool. So it's a prequel in that sense. It, it, it follows the rise of that. But what I wouldn't mind seeing would actually be the entire Sopranos series again shot from the other family's perspective. Oh, okay. Interesting. So while the events of what happened in the Sopranos are happening, let's go back and see what was happening with, uh, shit, was it Carmine? What was his fucking, the other family's name? Falcone. Yeah, something like Falcone. <laughs> Shut up. Carmine you, you always had me there, man. You always, like, yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. No, uh, you know, the one, the other big family. Sure, I can't. I can't the help you with one. that. You Not were evil. The other one, but like, yeah, it'd be interesting to see that, right? Like, what else have I thought about? We did see. Um, there have been other things that came out. Breaking Bad. They had that Jesse Peekman right, uh, Pinkman movie yeah. that as special. Plus, that was Paul's a cool. Ball, right. That was a pretty cool thing to yeah. do. The way they did that was cool. I like that, and I like the idea of like. Uh, the the universe being connected, right? Like a Better Call Saul, I think, is a really good example of how you can be like, hey, let's expand it, tell yeah. the story without even a, f- we won't yeah, really spin-off. hurt or affect yeah. anything that's happened with Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. straight up reboots I like are the, the way they ones. do that. Yeah, he wakes up like he wakes up after the events of the end of Breaking Bad and like goes from there. Interesting. Like you could reboot Cheers. Mm-hmm. The idea mm-hmm. of like a bar, a bartender. And the yeah. people in the bar, like, sure, sure, like that anybody could do that. But the idea is like, how dare you? And <laughs> how and how can you make it different? Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's a Boston bar, so you might as well leave them all white. 
Yeah, but these days it would be called Malone's, right? It wouldn't be called Cheers. Cheers. It would be called, called Malone's. Malone's. Yeah. Yeah. Or Sam's Tavern. Yeah. Sam's Tavern. Yeah. Yeah. We can see. We'll see how it goes. Well, I'm sure we're going to live through a bunch of horrible reboots in our time. They're just going to keep happening. There's no question about it. There's right? nothing original. Like, there's nothing that original that comes out. And when it does, I don't know how long it sticks around. I. I think this would be one of the more interesting questions and we'll leave it, I guess, for the next pod or for down the road or for any of our listeners who want sure. to reach out to us and let us know. But, you know, it, it's easy. We're looking back and we're always like, hey, Frazier's getting rebooted, Night Court's getting rebooted, you know, Roseanne's back, all these. What is airing right now? Or what has aired on television in the last, let's say, five to ten years? Let's say five years, actually. Uh What's on now or has been on within the last five years that you realistically hope or could see being rebooted down the road? Um, And the reason I put the question out there, why I think it's a difficult question to answer is when something had like 156 episodes, like 22 episodes over eight seasons, it felt easier to reboot. Then I think where we are right now, where most shows are three seasons and 12 episodes, so you're at like 36. Does does something that only got 36 to 48 episodes deserve a reboot or not, right? Man, that was fun. Thank you. Let's talk more about shows that we wish were um, being rebooted in the future. You know what? Like, send us a message and tell us what show you're dying to see. Um, I'm definitely going to check out that second Dexter trailer like you mentioned Um, there's a lot of different versions of what's going on there's like we talked about the table reads there's the reboots there's the reunion casts they can be anywhere but maybe you know the one like the HBO ones maybe those should be like a deep dive into the like you said like the the dish the dirt Uh, the show like let's give it something real like let's leave like the the reunion shows for network TV and stuff like that, or Netflix. Uh, let's pick and choose. The table reads can go on YouTube and stuff like that, and we all know where we're, what we're getting and where we're getting it. You know. Yeah. Oh, um, speaking of where you're getting it, <laughs> they paid for it. They may as well have aired it. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. To can you confirm that this week? Um, where are we at now? Is this 47? I think. Yeah. Holy crap! We're almost at that year mark. Eh? 47. We didn't even make anybody pay for this, so no. Think about it. You may as well listen. We got something special happening next week, right? Uh, I think we've got our first guest next week. Sounds like uh, we are expanding our our roster, our Rolodex, and uh, mm. bringing on a guest. And hopefully, the guest becomes a friend of the show. And then all of a sudden, things are rolling. Well, make sure you're following us on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or wherever. Make sure so you can stay tuned and find out what's happening and who's coming to the show and interviews and that kind of thing we might have. Okay. Exciting times. Thanks again for listening. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks Gora for being here and teaching me a little bit about, um, oh, excuse me, wrestling and, uh, you got it, brother. Um, TikTok and <laughs> thanks a lot. You guys have a great week. We'll see you next Friday. Oh yeah.